Welcome to today's episode of the Hungry Trilobite Podcast. My name is Aaron Bossig, and I'm going to be your host. I'm looking forward to talking to our guest today, actress Liz Priestley, but I would like to start off by giving you an update to the conversation you're about to hear. During this talk, Liz and I are going to speculate on the future of her movie, Concrete Cowboy. I will let you know that about a day or so after we recorded, it was announced that this movie would be distributed on Netflix in 2021. So that little bit of the unknown is already known to you, the listener. Let's get started. Joining us today is Liz Priestley. How are you doing this fine day? I'm doing great, Aaron. How are you doing? Doing good. Thanks for being here. Uh, I have been really, really impressed with the body of work you've done on stage, and geography has prevented me from actually seeing you. But I'm looking forward to seeing this movie you have coming out, Concrete Cowboy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the concept is fantastic. Uh, so how did you get into that? Into the movie? Well, you know, it's interesting. I, you know, my manager gave me a call one day. She said, I'm sending you a script. You have an audition for a feature film. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like the second film that I auditioned for. Um, but prior to that had done, you know, commercials and uh, audition for TV. So I didn't think it was a big deal. Um, you know, and a feature film could be anything as long as you have the budget. So again, mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking like Hollywood feature. I'm just thinking full length. Um, and I get the script and I'm like, and I'm like, oh, okay, Black Cowboys, Philadelphia. That's interesting. And then somewhere in the back of my head, I was like, I remember reading something somewhere about Idris Elba doing a film in Philly, something about cowboys. I don't think they're related, whatever, <laughs> you know. Um, and then I, you know, I went in, I did my audition, and then I got a call back. And at that point, I'm looking at the script, and I and I've heard now Idris Elba black cowboys movie in Philadelphia. So I'm like, I think this is the same movie. And then I'm looking and I'm like, now who is he going to be? Because this <laughs> this movie is about, you know, a 15-year-old boy. So I'm like, well, obviously he's not playing the 15-year-old. So mm-hmm. who's he going to play? I'm like, he must be playing the father. And I'm looking, I'm like, I think these lines are for the mother. And I'm like, well, that's great and all, but there's no way that they're going to cast an unknown actress with really no film credits to her name as the mother. So I was just thinking, you know, well, maybe they're looking for an understudy or a stand-in or something like that. Um, so I I was not even thinking about it. I just, I really wanted the casting director who had I had seen a couple times, I just wanted her to see me do something dramatic. So again, I was like, I'm not going to get in this movie. I just want her to be impressed. Mm-hmm. I do the second callback and then I, uh, I get a call a couple days later, I got another callback. And at that point I was like, hang on, am I really being considered for this in a serious way? Like, am I really up for this? And they said, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the director would like to meet you. He, he really likes you. Um, I know there was at least one producer. I don't know if there were more who were like, well, you know, maybe we should consider, bringing in, you know, Kerry Washington or somebody who's, you know, a name. Um, But the director was like, I really want to meet her. And so I went in a third time. I met with him. I did the audition and I left and I felt really good about it. But even still, I was like, it's Idris Elba. I mean, like, come on, they're not going to, they're not going to give that to me. And then the next day I got a call that I got the part and I just like 
freaked out a little, you know, it was like, what? <laughs> so that's how I got involved. But it was very like, you know, the whole time I was just thinking, well, yeah, but they're not, but like, who am I? They're not going to hire me really, you know, but that's how I got in there. Well, I'm listening to you tell that and I'm thinking of a Woody Allen quote where it says 90%, 90% of success is just showing up. You, you, it's so true. <laughs> you did all the right stuff. This time it paid off. And it paid off, you know, and it was, it was a cool experience. Cause like I said, I, I think I took the pressure off of myself by saying, I just want to impress the casting director. I think if I had really thought, Oh, I'm really up for this. I would have psyched myself out or something, but you know, I, I really, um, she's a wonderful woman. Diane Heary is her name. And, um, she, she always calls me in for these happy mom type roles. You know, mm -hmm. I call them target moms or like Walmart moms, you know, the who's ready for school. Like I do those roles in my sleep. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I really wanted her to see like, Oh, she can do the crying and the, you know, I was a, at that point in the script, she was written as like a drug addict and you know, this very heavy, I think in the script it even said she looks like she's lived a hard life. And I was like, well, Diane Heary has never seen me look like I've lived a hard life. So I really just want to show her that. But it, I think if I had thought from the beginning, like, oh, they're really looking at me for this, I would have just psyched myself out and been like, ah! and then blown it and then been like, oh. Oh, so I'm well, glad I didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, no, it seems like you said you took the right path. You just did what you were supposed to do. Yeah. What happened happened. So are you really ask, are you eager for this to happen? But when you're if this is going to be your transition from stage to film, is this like a really good way to do it? Is this giving you some great opportunities? I mean, theoretically, yeah. Um, you know, when we were shooting this, of course, COVID was not even a thought in our minds. So uh, at that time, it was like, you know, I hope this opens some doors, people will see me, and then they'll be like, ooh, let's, you know, let's call her in for something. Um, then, of course, you know, the pandemic has put a lot of things on hold and shifted things, and um, so I really know now what's going to happen. The hope is, of course, you know, that, that, that people will see me and go, who's that? Let's, let's, mm -hmm. let's hire her. But... Um, it depends now really on who sees it, how it gets seen and, you know, that kind of stuff. So I don't know. <laughs> and it's, it's like, I'm, I'm not a patient person. I hate waiting and I've had to wait like extra long for this. So I'm really just like, I don't know. I, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so too. And I, for me, it's, I think the pandemic is kind of like a giant boggle game where you just shake everything up and see where the pieces <laughs> land at this point. That's a really great description of it. That's exactly what it feels like. It's just like, you can't predict anything. You no. Know? And, and, and just like this, people have been seeing all sorts of bad things happen this year, but some weird good things have just kind of popped up. True. We don't expect it. And I think this could be one of those things. I hope so. I mean, you know, the the one of the good things that I that I have found is that, you know, this time at home, I mean, I have so much time at home. Um, but I'm, you know, I also write. And so this time at home has allowed me to really explore that avenue as well, which I'm very excited about. So, 
you know, there's, there's little blessings everywhere. That's what I'm learning about life. There's little blessings everywhere. So, and that's one of them. So I'm grateful for that because I, you know, I've been writing for years. I've just never produced any of my own content. Um, but now I'm in a position where I can actually do that. And then if the film does come out and do well, then maybe I'll be in a position where I can use that, you know, to keep opening doors. But I really, you know, I don't know. The boggle is such a great description of what we're going through right now. It's exactly what it feels like. And so I hesitate to even plan a little bit on anything because I'm like, well, you never know. Two weeks from now, it could just be blah, blah. Right. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> No, I'm not asking to speculate. It's just I just like, think it's important <laughs> to point out that possibility is there in ways that we haven't ever seen before. True, true. And, you know, you know, I so I don't really know yet what's happening with it. But, you know, my theory is I mean, I don't know. I'm not an expert, but my theory is that, you know, they would go with a streaming service, which you know, right now would be great. I mean, everybody's home. Everybody mm -hmm. has access to that. So it's like, you know, you never know. They're, they, I'm sure they'll figure out whatever way to make themselves the most money. But in the meantime, I'm just sort of over here like, okay, when's the movie coming out? <laughs> you know, at this point, my friends and family are like, did you really do this movie, Liz? Did you really? Are you making it up? Did you Photoshop those pictures? <laughs> I'm like, no, I swear. <laughs> Well, in a world where a weird guy on a tiger ranch becomes an, a sensation overnight because yeah. we're all pulled off our rear ends, th this has got to have some potential. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, that's a good point. I hope so. But, you know, in the meantime, I'm just trying to, you know, make my rounds, try to promote and... I've been reading every review that I can get my hands on because, you know, it was at the Toronto Film Festival a month ago and then a week ago it was at um, Mil the Middleburg Film Festival, I think it's called. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it's still there. I guess they're still showing it places, which is cool. Um, but yeah, every time they do, I, I just, you know, I have so many Google alerts set for this now, but you know, every time a review comes out, I'm on it. I'm like, Oh, what did they think? So it seems like the feedback is really positive too. So that's encouraging. Yeah. I'm going to try to find as many of those reviews as I can and link them in the show notes, because with the challenges you have that it will be good for somebody interested to be able to get a feel for it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, we talked very briefly on the phone a couple weeks ago when we were setting this and uh, we, I'd like to talk to the, I told you a little bit about how what we do here, just talking about creativity, motivation. And if you're getting to write in your free time, a lot of people in the audience are doing that too. Yes. How's that been working out for you? It's, it's really lovely. I, like I said, I mean, I've been writing since I was a teenager. Um, and it's really just been the, the inspiration behind it was always, I want to write the parts that I want to play that I haven't been able to play yet for whatever reason, you know, either the opportunity has not presented itself or I just haven't been cast as a part like that or something like that. But, you know, um, so I've been doing this for a long time and then, you know, with the, with the pandemic and everybody kind of being in place, that opened up sort of the whole sort of online writing community to me for the first time because I never really explored it to talk with a lot of fellow actor writers um and i've been able to link up with a few people who who 
you know, we, we kind of have similar writing styles or there's like a project that, um, you know, a couple of us really want to work on. So I've been able to collaborate and then also write on my own, but it's been a really lovely experience. I, you know, I was of course completely terrified to show anybody my work. Um, because you know, for me, it's, it's, it's fine. But when you give your work to someone to, to look at and critique, it's like, you know, it's almost like your baby. You're kind of like, okay, be gentle, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but it's been really great. I've learned a lot about script writing and, um, yeah, I have, you know, I have a few projects that we are now trying to get off the ground, trying to film. Um, and there's multiple purposes for it. There's some that, you know, I don't I don't have an actor's reel at the moment, which is very unusual for someone in film. You need to have that. Um, so I have a few scenes that are going on to my reel. So there's that. There's a few. I'm working on a web series that, um, you know, I'd love to film, get that up on YouTube or some other kind of platform like that. And then I'm also working on a few screenplays, but one in particular that I'm really kind of pushing myself to complete and um we have a few scenes that some friends some actor friends and I are going to be filming um but it makes you feel very what's the word I don't know I, I feel very accomplished in a way that I don't think I've ever felt um because for me acting was always something I wanted to do since I was a child but I never really considered myself uh, as a writer seriously until this all happened. So I am enjoying that process. I really do. I love writing. It takes me hours, but I love it. You know, I can set aside a few hours a day to just sit with, I play jazz music when I'm doing it and, you know, and really just kind of throw myself, myself into these stories. And again, it's, it's usually parts that I want to play. So in that sense, it's also exciting because I'm like, if I get this completed, and I, you know, link up with the right people, there's no reason why I can't play this part as I've written it, you know what I mean? So there's a lot of really great stuff uh, involved with writing, especially when you're writing a part for yourself. So I, I'm loving it. I hope I get to do more of it. It's kind of making me think that, you know, maybe if this movie opens doors and I get to, you know, do a few more projects down the road, I would love to maybe then uh, start a production company of my own and produce content and star in my own content and and do that so and that's not so, something i ever really considered until 2020 so yeah it's it's amazing that that's even possible now whereas even just a few years ago the complexity made it insane to even suggest that yeah absolutely absolutely yeah so i mean in that way doors are opening which is very unexpected in the middle of everything that's going mm -hmm. on. So yeah, that's, that's definitely a big silver lining for me. So yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens again. I hope the movie coming out mm -hmm. is able to then also help facilitate the writing and, you know, it's all connected, but we'll see what happens. Well, it's, know. it's been, you have uh, multiple related talents, a, a talent stack, if you will, that that's mm -hmm. a lot of people don't get that. They, that if they think they have to be good at one particular thing and if they're the best at that, they've got it made, but right. what if you're just pretty good at that? But you can be pretty <laughs> good at a lot of things. You can be pretty good at a lot of things. I mean, you know, I've been saying, um, so people here in Philadelphia where I'm from and where I, you know, was born and raised, 
I tell them about this movie and they're shocked because nobody, <laughs> nobody from my hometown knows me as an actress. They mm-hmm. all know me as a singer, like an opera singer or a musical theater singer. They're just not like when I first kind of was on my social media about this film coming out, people were like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is an actor. Is she still singing? Like, you know, um, yeah, you can have definitely multiple talents. And it's funny. I, you know, this was like a bone of contention between myself and my parents years ago when it was like, you know, time to figure out what I wanted to go to college for. Uh, because for them, college was absolutely you're going, you know, mm-hmm. um, But I remember we had a a discussion where, you know, they really pushed for me to go into opera or into music or into singing, really. And, um, you know, my parents are very religious. So for them, it was like, we don't want you to waste the gifts that you've been given, right? Um, But I remember I said to them, how did I phrase this? I said, well, I said, well, you guys believe in God, right? You know? Um, if you really do believe that I was given this talent, what's what's to stop you from thinking that I may have been blessed with more than one talent? You know what I mean? Like, very rarely do you ever just get the one talent, especially if it's in the arts. Usually, artistic people have several, and maybe there's one prominent one, and then there's other, the other stuff is, you know, hobbies or interests, but that desire to to do more than one thing, you know, I think if, if you think the one is divine, I think they can all be divine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I said to them, I said, look, um, they're all related. They're all artistic. I don't want to use this particular talent to make a living. Doesn't mean I'm leaving it behind or not using it. I'm using another talent as my, you know, as my career choice. You know what I mean? But, but... Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, like when I went to college and I studied musical theater, the idea was, I know I'm going to be doing films eventually, maybe years down the line. And yes, years down the line. But um, I said, it it will make me a more well-rounded performer and a well-rounded person if I can explore you know, multiple avenues as opposed to just the one. So I, you know, I studied dance, I studied music, I studied, you know, theater, I studied directing, I studied um, acting in front of the camera, I studied all the all the different things that I can still use as a performer now, um, even though I'm focusing on just this one area right now. So, yeah, I, I, I you know, I hope I get to use all my talents at different times. But for me, the acting has always been the passion. You know what I mean? I I do. I really do. And like you said, it's it's all connected. You're all coming from the same basic talent. You're just expressing mm-hmm. it in different ways. And um, it's it's one of those things that uh, you, when you when you're working on something like this, when you're you're you have to wear a whole bunch of different hats. The idea that we're so specialized is a pretty unique and and kind of a modern idea that doesn't go back to the you know older days of theater of music of acting yeah exactly exactly i mean yeah that's exactly it if you go back you look at you know the most prominent performers in history they were rarely one note talents they Mm -hmm. usually had 
you know, talent in several different areas or whatever, because that's what that was what was expected. I mean, when you go back to like the vaudeville days, they were not just, you know, getting up there doing monologues. They were up there singing, dancing, telling jokes, you know, all the all the different kinds of things that um, that go into being a performer. So, yeah, I think it is all connected and I, I love it. And I I'm lucky that I get to use my different talents in in pretty much everything I do. I mean, I just did an audition the other day for I think it was for like the Maryland Lottery for a commercial and I'm singing in the I mean, you know, it's like their Christmas carol, you know how the Christmas carol lottery commercials happen. Um, it was something like that. And I was like, they were like, can you please sing? Yeah, sure. No problem. You know what I mean? So I'm still using that talent different way, but I'm still using it. So I was talking to a comic artist on an earlier episode and, and the point came up that the, in almost every other area of life, when you, whatever you choose a career, you get asked if you can do something and you have to think, can I do that? Is, am, <laughs> am I lying? If I say no, is, is this going to get me in trouble? If I, if I answer wrong, with the arts, you are asked if you do something and you say yes and you figure out how later. Exactly. Exactly. That's what they taught us in uh, in college. Because, you know, it'll say on my, it probably says on my IMDb that I'm a dancer. I've been trained in dance. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I would necessarily call myself a dancer, but I was trained that when you go into an audition and they say, can you stay for the dance call? You better say yes. You know what I mean? Even if you're not a dancer, you better say yes, you know? And in the beginning, it was always like, ah, sure, you know? And then I'd be like, stop doing that. You're, 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 you know, the whole point of the audition is to show the confidence you walked in the door with, you know? So me going, oh, I don't know, I'm sure, you know, I was like, cut that out, cut that out. You, can you stay for the dance call? Sure can. Yeah, I can. And then you leave the room and go, okay, how am I going to do this? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you got to say yes if you want the job. It, there's no corollary to that elsewhere outside of the arts, which is why I find it so fascinating. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I mean, you know what? And even for this movie, they asked me um, at the last audition, uh, can you ride a horse? Now, that's probably the only exception in this industry that I've heard do not say yes if you cannot ride a horse Mm -hmm. because too many horror stories of people showing up on set and then being like, so, um, they asked me, uh, can you ride a horse? I said, well, I've been on a horse once in my life, so I've done it. I, I I hope they weren't going to ask after that. And they didn't, uh, because the, the, the time that I had been on a horse was like 10 years prior. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, a teenager. So I didn't want to tell them like, yeah, I totally ride horses. But I also didn't want to be like, nope, can't do it. So I said, well, I've been on one so I can do it. Then after I got the part, I called them and I said, um, can I possibly get horse training? Because I, I have, but not recently. Can I? And they were like, yeah, sure. But, you know, you say yes when it's important. You say yes so that you can get the job. And, um. Yeah, exactly like you said. You figure it out after. <laughs> so let's, it's about the movie itself. Have you, since you're from Philadelphia and you're you're talking about an East Coast story, I'm originally from the East Coast. I live in Oklahoma now. Okay. Um, what kind of response have you gotten to the concept of the story? Because it's, I think there's going to be two different responses here. 
Yeah, it's interesting. I so overwhelmingly so far, the one thing I'm getting is um people are super interested in the story because they, like me, had no idea that it was true. Mm-hmm. That's one of the that's probably the biggest response I'm getting. Um and it's true. I didn't know that this was a real community until after I got cast in the movie and in fact at my costume fitting I said, "So this is a fantasy story, right?" And they were like, "No." No, no, it's not, you know. Um so I yeah, I'm getting a lot of people going, "Wait, so is this real?" "Wait, that's a real thing." "Wait a minute, those are real cowboys?" "Yes. Yes, 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 yes." You know. Um, I'm getting a very small percentage of people who are like, so how come a white director is telling the story? Which I think is a very interesting question. Um, but again, very small percentage that I'm getting. Maybe, I think maybe two people have asked me that question. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, the response I'm getting is, wait a minute, that's real? Where? Wait a minute. Really? You know, um, which I'm excited about. I'm hoping that's the big response when people see it is that they're like, hang on, are there groups like this in my city? Because the answer is probably yeah. Yeah, most likely. You know what I mean? So that I'm hoping is consistent when the movie gets released. Sure. Because living back east, you would hear the story and you would have that reaction that, wow, I can't believe this. And yet, here in Oklahoma City, you wouldn't see that every day. Mm-hmm. But when you did see it, you wouldn't do a double take. You'd be like, okay, one of those dudes, okay. Yeah, I mean, the director tells the story about when he was here. And he's not from here, um, but he was here for almost a decade. And, you know, he's driving down this down center city, Philadelphia, one day in a cab. And out the window, some guy on a horse rode by. And he was like, hang on, stop the cab. What is that? And then followed the guy back to the stables and had conversations with him. And that's where the story idea was kind of born. But um, I'm Philly born and raised. This Mm -hmm. is my first experience with the Black Cowboys in Philly. I had no idea it was a thing until I got in in this. And um, the sad thing is, I mean, they've been around forever. They've been around since the Civil War. It's just that they've been so whitewashed out of history that people just don't know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's kind of stunning when you think about it. When you do the deep dive and really research it and start reading about the stories and the history, you're like, holy crap, this is real. Like, oh, my goodness, this is this is Philly in Philly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. Well, the idea that we left horses behind the second the automobile was invented is really doesn't show a great knowledge of history. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it is sad in a way, in that sense. And it's funny because you're the first person that's even brought that correlation up that, you know, once we got into automobiles, that whole, you know, side of transportation was completely left in the dust. That's a that's a really good point. Um it's it's weird. I mean, you think about, like, I did a little bit of research after I got cast. Once I found out, oh, this is a real thing, I was like, I should probably read up on this. Um, it's actually really surprising to me how big a part Hollywood had to play in changing that narrative. Because 
once Hollywood really started making their westerns, the John Wayne movies, all the, it was like they really, it, there was like a whole push to turn that narrative into a white stereotype, like the white cowboy mm -hmm. that we all think of when you think of the term cowboy. Um, but I, you know, the automobile industry, I would say between that and Hollywood, they did a number on, on history in a way, for sure, mm -hmm. for sure. Absolutely. Uh, and said so we, people were using, uh, horses in wars up until the middle of the 20th century and i mean whenever it was practical sometimes that is easier to maintain a car or a truck with oil and gasoline and rust and or just a horse where you give it oats and water and you're good and you're good yeah and, yeah yeah and pinch, which would you rather be on i mean i'd choose the horse now that i've now that i've been on one recently i'm like there's such it's 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 almost frightening how big they are when you're standing next to like a real big you know war horse for example because um, like the horse that 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 I was near was actually uh, the horse that Caleb used Caleb McLaughlin used most of the film and it was a lot smaller and it was like you know like I mean it was big. But to me, it was like, oh, it's so beautiful. And then you get up to the horse that Idris used for the entire movie. And I think it was one of the horses from, gosh, I can't remember. But it was used in a war movie as well. So it's this massive animal. I mean, and the muscles. It, it's, it's incredible when you get up close to it. You're just like... imagine running into the side of this thing it's like smacking into a brick wall um i personally i would choose a horse almost every time over a vehicle i think that there's something just innately majestic and beautiful about horses that being said um you know i had a hard time staying upright <laughs> on the horse so i'd probably have to take a few more few more lessons before I could be like, all right, I'm ready to ditch the car, go on the horse. It's funny, my neighbors here where I'm at, I'm just outside of Philly. I'm in the, a suburb. Um, and down the street, my neighbors have horses. They have a little stable in their yard. And when you drive by, there's horses in their front yard. And I'm always just like, that is amazing. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so it sounds like this movie would change your perspective on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. It changed my perspective on, uh, yeah, a lot of things, on history, on animals, on the industry. You know, I, I, I was fortunate to spend some time, some downtime with, you know, some of the stars of this film. And, you know, you hear stories about, um, like never meet your heroes and like, you know, you run into celebrities and they're just big jerks or whatever. And then this experience was just like, it was so, it was so beautiful and wonderful. And like, you know, you show up and the cowboys are sitting around a, a circle in a campfire, just like chilling and there's Idris and there's Method Man and there's Caleb and they're just all, you know, freestyle rapping and talking with the cowboys and you just kind of sit there going like this is amazing like this is so cool um 
yeah, it changed my perspective on on that. And uh, it, I'll say, it changed my perspective on the city of Philadelphia itself. I didn't know this was this was a thing going on here. Um, I love that it's going on here. This is a place, you know, these stables are places where, you know, they're designed to keep our kids off the street, teach them practical skills, how to take care of an animal, how to be responsible. And you really do start from the ground up. You don't even get on a horse for like, I don't know, the first year or so, because you got to learn how to shovel the poop, how to clean the animal, how to do, you know, all these other things. Um, and I, you know, like I said, I didn't know that was happening here. And I love that. Um, and, and getting to see people in North Philly coming out of their houses to watch us film, like that was an incredible thing. So yeah, it did. I think it changed my perspective on a lot of things for sure. Okay. Well, Liz, I would love to talk a little bit more about that. And I know it's going to be hard to get a hold of you down the road, but maybe at some point you and I can swing back together and have a chat about the history yeah. and, and, and that sort of thing. Absolutely. I'd love to come back. Absolutely. Maybe Maybe after I catch the movie, wherever I can find it and have a little more frame of reference. Yes. Yes. Yeah. When it when it finally comes out, I would love to, you know, touch base with you, hear what your hear what your thoughts are and your I, responses I, and everything. Yeah. I would love to give them. But uh, from what you know, where can people follow the movie and where can they follow you online? From what I know, the best place to follow the movie would probably be imdb.com. I that's where I'm keeping up with everything. Um, I you know I was gonna say the Wikipedia page, but there's some inaccuracies on that page, so don't go to it. I would say follow it on imdb.com. That's probably where um, information on it will be updated. Uh, you know, the most regularly. Um, but you could also follow me on imdb.com under Liz Priestley, or you can find me on Facebook under Liz Priestley. That's it. I don't have any other social media accounts. I'm sure that'll change, but I'm very boring. So I'm like, I don't have like an Instagram or anything yet, but Facebook or IMDb, those are probably your best bets. Well, I will go ahead and link all that in the show notes on AaronVosick.com, and I will keep adding to it as time goes on. It's it's a living document, so as, as things come up, if I find a way to link people directly to the movie, I will do that to make it easier for them. Liz, thank you so much for being here. I would love to have you back sometime soon. Thank you so much. I'd love to come back. Thank you, Aaron. Take good care. All righty. I would like to thank Liz for being my guest today, and I would like to thank you for listening. For the community building part of the show today, I want to focus on the fact that our guest movie is about to appear on Netflix, which is fantastic. I strongly encourage you to check that movie out, and if you happen to end up leaving a review for it somewhere, be that right on Netflix or on Amazon or IMDb, mention that you saw her on the Hungry Trilobite podcast. Don't forget you can subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Amazon, Stitcher, and we are syndicated on Realm of the Mist, a fantastic podcast network. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time.